podcast. My name is Zach. I'm here with Dewey and Nate. Um, lot to talk about this week. Um, definitely some a big signing, some big players cut. I wouldn't say big, but uh, veteran players that are cut. Captains. Yeah. 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 Um, and talking about this upcoming week being a NFL cut massacre because the cap is going down. Um, we kind of expected that with COVID, um, the cap going down, obviously, because the teams aren't making the money of the fans being in the stands. Um, you got to make up that money somehow. It's going down to $180 million, yep. at least. What was it, 195 Something like that. Yeah, yeah so that's a, 15, that's a $15 million cap cut. For you know what I mean? that, that's a big um, – first thing we're going to get into – um, we talked about it last week who JJ Watt was going to go to, and none of us guessed it right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no um, one saw that coming. I don't, think any, I don't think anybody saw it coming, but when it came out and he said that he was going to sign with the Cardinals, it kind of made sense to me, at least. Um, him and DeAndre Hopkins are good friends, so that kind of made sense. That was really the only thing that made sense about it. I mean, if they offered him the most money, then it would make sense. Come out and said Indianapolis and Cleveland was right oh, there at that that's, same offer. Uh, that uh, that uh, is speculation. Yeah, we'll it's play. speculation. But we, we Of course the Cardinals are gonna say that. So. Well, but we'll never know. Well, it was yeah, actually yeah. a reporter. It was actually yeah, a reporter. The source is from the yeah, Cardinals. So. But <laughs> I don't know. They, they probably are I right. can see Indianapolis <laughs> doing that though. But I mean if you I think I can see Indianapolis offering the same because if you brought him in with the Forrest Buckner oh, and that defense, dude. that would be only th- I mean, torture. I, you're going for a Super Bowl at that point. The only thing that I would see is if, if India or Cleveland offered more money, I would think he would choose them because, in my opinion, they have a better chance of winning than Arizona yeah, does. I, I just think – So that that's why I was kind of like, yeah, it didn't make sense. Hopkins – I think Hopkins was kind of the guy in J.J. Watts here trying to bring him over. Well, that, they're, they're good. Like That they're offense could be really good. Defense could be really good too, though. But, te- but they still have some – Questions in the secondary. Yeah, Buda Baker's really the only one back there. Patrick Peterson is he still there? He's on a like. A I, think that, he's I, on a I think he's getting cut. Yeah, he's on. He's on a decline. Or his contract but is running out. One of the two. I heard. Saul. They're trying to make a run at Stephon Gilmore now, because he that, is up yeah. on the trading block for the Patriots because he's part of that. Either we're going to have to restructure your contract or we're going to have to find somewhere else for you to go. Because he's going to have a, he had a decent year last year. He's a top top five corner. Oh, yeah. But, but it also hurts whenever Cam Newton's your quarterback, your offense played like that, and your defense is on the field 50-something plays. Believe me, I know. Big Apple's <laughs> fan. You know, <laughs> Andy Dalton at quarterback. No offensive line. You can go to Boston College down the road and get better receivers in your field. Zeke's still in Cabo. <laughs> He's still there. Three years, still in Cabo. <laughs> Bring me that Zeke back. Nose ring. Pre-nose ring. <laughs> it's like Ben pre-Christ. Zeke's pre-nose <laughs> ring. <laughs> um, so Watt goes to the Cardinals. I think that helps them a lot. Um, I think also you got to take into consideration the Cardinals' defense wasn't great, but at the beginning of the year they weren't really utilizing Isaiah Simmons. They were trying to figure out where he was going to play, what he was going to do. And by the end of the year, they had him at linebacker. 
I think. I think they had him at I linebacker. Don't I don't know. Either way, I don't. But they, at the end of the year is when you started to see what Isaiah Simmons could become. But their linebacker and, coach is awful. If he's still there, Billy Davis. Yeah. Well, I, I think that had a lot to do with it. They were just trying to see because you got Isaiah Simmons speed with his size. You're like, oh fuck, put him at safety. Just let somebody run across the middle on him, and they're dead. Austin Collie 2.0. Dead. Yeah, you, gotta, you just gotta. I mean, he's just a. Uh, He's got to let him roam. It seemed like what he did best there at Clemson. And towards the end of the year, that's what they were kind of letting him do. They were letting him play linebacker, roam a little bit, and he started to make plays. Um, so I think that'll be interesting. And if they get Stephon Gilmore, you got the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. Russell Wilson wants out. The Seahawks always kind of find a way, but that's going to depend on if Russ is there. It's because they have Russ. You know, yeah. Russ is, and so, they don't. They don't. They, they don't have the. They don't have the. the Man, I'm hearing anymore, the Cowboys so. are going for Russ Hart. They do not want it because. Pre, well, okay, let's get off track a little bit because every time someone brings up Prescott, I got to talk about it. Okay. Um, here, Chicago is the team to beat in the Russ sweepstakes. Chicago's up there, um, but Dallas is trying to make a run for Russ right now because Prescott just came out and said that he wanted. One step below what Mahomes is making. Uh, is he worth that? No. <laughs> no, he's not. Sir. Not even with two good legs. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're coming off an injury that was brutal, and you want one step below Mahomes' money? What have you done? You put up numbers, but that was numbers. Can numbers can deceive a lot of people because in that garbage run, time, you know, that's what it, a lot of it was was garbage time. We're down fourteen points with two minutes left. Still, still not the garbage time quarterback king, Blake Bortles. No, <laughs> oh he was. I think I could have went out there with two labrum surgeries and played better than Blake Bortles. He had a hot girlfriend though. <laughs> the only thing you're good for is having a hot girlfriend. <laughs> but uh, there's a damn article. What was it? In like ESPN or something about it. Like up to the draft when he was drafted. Yeah, it was hilarious. No one gave a shit about yeah. Mike Bortles' draft stock. They were just yeah. trying to figure out how he got her. <laughs> Come to Jacksonville so we can watch her at practice every day. <laughs> um. We'll talk about Big Ben re-signing here in a little bit because I know that's going to tickle Nate's ball sack. Um, so Kyle Rudolph gets cut. That was, wasn't as much of a surprise, though. No, um, he's kind of – He wanted more money. He wanted more money, and he's kind of been on a decline also. They, were, they wanted him to take less money, and he didn't want to do that. So. Dude, got, guys are guys, – Irv Smith got cut? No, but he's – He's going. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. He's that. He's that next guy in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Um, there's gonna be a lot, man. Guys, these veteran players are gonna be asked to restructure their contracts, take less money. Well, rest- and it's either you restructure doesn't exactly mean take less money, but it's gonna be. Well, you can do like you can. Uh, simple way to like. Well, like, take that guaranteed money that. Well, we'll in. talk about we'll talk about that here in a second because that has a lot to do with Ben's contract. The way Ben and the Steelers kind of did his contract made a lot of sense. 
So we'll talk about that restructure here in a second. The player that kind of confused me was Kyle Van Noy. A lot of people. Um, he goes down to Min- uh, Miami. Sorry, not Minnesota. He goes to Miami. Um, he kind of becomes a leader on that defense. You know, a veteran he's a player. He's a cat. Played with the Patriots. You know, he trying to bring in that Patriot way to the Miami's defense and just out of nowhere gets cut. Um, that was really confusing because I felt like he's a big part of that defense. Even though he didn't have a great year. Well, he got, he was hurt the last Yeah, like, he was hurt. It, I mean, he said that. He came out and said, I, bro, I was on the field playing for you guys hurt. I spent the night in the hospital. Like, that's how hurt I was. I played and then went to the hospital and stayed the night. You know what I mean? So you got a dude like that putting his body on the line for the team. Um, but I felt like just his presence on the field makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Even though he's not putting up huge numbers, I think he had like six sacks, yeah. you know, which is – it is what it is. But when you're on the field and people know that you can get to the quarterback, that alone opens up a lot, opens up a lot for other people. So I felt I didn't really understand the Kyle Van Noy situation, unless Miami's trying to make a run at Deshaun. That's what I was going to say because they might be looking at because I think Miami, when it comes to draft stock, they're the only ones that could really go after Deshaun or Russ when it comes to just draft picks, because I think they have two draft picks in the top forty. Jets three three. They have three draft picks in the top 40 picks. Yeah. They have two first-rounders, and they have an early second. I mean, they'd just be giving Houston back the picks and and they trade them. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, and they already said Russell Wilson, to start the asking price, is three first. Um, Now, if the Cowboys tried to go after Russ, I don't think that we would have to give up three first if we send Prescott with them. You know what I mean? I feel like Prescott kind of shores up one of those draft picks. Um, but then, but then, Seattle has to re-sign him, so it's going to be yeah. Like, it's I mean, so you're you're obviously you're going to have to give up a little bit because Seattle's going to have to take. They're, do we they're sign him? Pay him forty million a year. Yeah, I mean, so at the same time, it might not be three firsts that we're sending, but it'll probably be a couple first, Prescott and a future draft pick, and I think at that point. Maybe we got a shot. I don't see it happening. I don't see the Cowboys getting Russ. Um, I'm hoping to God we do. But we didn't think J.J. was going to Arizona. So anything could happen at this point. Um, But I think if Russ goes anywhere, it's going to be Miami or Chicago just because they have the picks. But I don't really see how Chicago has the picks. They gave up like five draft picks for Khalil Mack. So where are their picks coming from? Well, they still had, they had, that was all, I think they, all those picks have been used. That was all like back-to-back years? I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, five years now? This is going on the fifth year, right? Third. Third. Third, I think. Third, third or third, fourth. Third? Yeah. Oh, okay. That so. Well, that was it. But if, what, but if they mean? made it, if they made it like back-to-back years, you know what I mean? They're kind of out of that. But I feel like the Bears are in salary cap hell. I don't, so. I don't know. Pay attention to the Bears. We well, I mean, you got a Bill Max contract. Um, that whole defense, really. Yeah, Eddie Jackson. Um, you're going to have to 
re-signed Roquan Smith here in a little bit. Um, you got one of the Fuller brothers. He's making mad money. Um, but if Russ goes there, why does he go there? Allen Robinson's not coming back. You don't think he will? If, uh, he no, I, they don't have the money. Oh, yeah. So you're going to Chicago with literally no weapons. You go to Miami, you have uh, – Yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, one. you got Devontae Parker. Um Who's their running back, man? Who's Miami's running back? Oh, Gaskin? Yeah, Gaskin, yeah, Gaskin. Uh, Gillespie. Is that the tight end? Yeah. He's or Gusecki. Gusecki. Um, so they have, some, they have some young weapons down in Miami. Um, but let's get into uh, – how do you feel about Big Ben re-signing with the Steelers? Best option, you know. I, That's how you have to look at it. I don't think – it might not be what Steelers fans wanted, but who's who's a better who's who has who's giving you a better shot to win? Not Haskins. Not Haskins. Not Mason Rudolph. <laughs> not anybody else that you could pick up. I mean, I don't. I, don't, I haven't seen really any any Steelers fans mad about it. I've I seen mean, a couple. Just because of the age, over. it's like we're just getting over. Just like people with uh, the fans for the Saints, they're just getting over. Drew Brees undecided if he's going to retire or not. You know, but, but I think Big Ben was has never isn't undecided. Like he said, uh, he said, "Well, if they want me back, I think it was more back. the Steelers organization yeah. that was kind of undecided on what they wanted." And he right. had to end but, it because he had to like, like to, make their mind up, though. You know, right, like, yeah. but to, over, you know, he's so undecisive with. Then, you know. But I think, but to I, bring him back, they had to restructure. They had to restructure. They, they restructured, and it so. was nice. I think this year, the cap hit for Ben is like twenty-one million, and then next year it goes all the way down to ten. So if he doesn't perform this year, and you cut him next year, it's only ten mil worth of dead money. Right. You know what I mean? But I think that I think he gets twelve million guaranteed in this contract. So if you really look at it, it's really not a bad contract. Um from the Steelers' standpoint. And you kind of get Dwayne Haskins under Ben for a year. Um, now, will that do anything? I don't know. I think Dwayne yeah. Haskins has to change up his whole approach to being an NFL quarterback. Lot, yeah. Well, because there, there's a lot of times where you see, like in Washington, when Haskins would throw the ball, he's dry. he drops his arm, and that ball kind of floats on him a little bit. So he's trying to put, you know, he's trying to fit the ball into tight windows. And in the NFL and college, though, we talked about it last week, those windows are a lot different. Yeah. So when Haskins is trying to put some on the ball, he kind of drops his arm a little bit, and that ball kind of floats on him. So I feel like coming under Ben for a year would be good for Dwayne Haskins to kind of try to see what Haskins' real potential is because I think he got a raw deal in Washington. Um. You know. I mean, he's he did a lot of that on himself, though. Just oh, oh I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. taking anything away from Dwayne Haskins fucking this up for himself. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm saying, when you're in Washington, Terry McLaurin is their number one receiver, hands stud. down. He's a stud. In my opinion, though, he's not a true number one, though. Not yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. He reminds me more of like a Tyler Lockett. He's gonna get you yards. He's going to get you catches, and he's going to put it in the end zone. But I think 
he needs somebody else over there to kind of help because when you play Washington, they're doubling up McCorn, right? Because they got nobody else. I was going to say, who else do they really have? I couldn't tell you. Nobody. I, knew, I, knew I could not Thomas, tell you. But I could not tell you. Um, so, another one that's going to walk away, um, Alex Smith. They came out, and I think it was yesterday, saying that they will not. They already um, cut him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Alex Smith will be cut, which we kind of talked about last week and kind of said that we for, thought Taylor Heineke was going to be that guy. But I think uh, look for him to go to Jacksonville. I would. Smith? Smith? Yeah. You don't think they're going to start Lawrence right off rip? Well, either it doesn't either way. They're going to – because Urban Meyer coached Alex Smith at Utah. Yeah, but do you so. – I mean, do you do you see at this point in Alex Smith's career taking a backup role? I mean, he never – yeah, I think so. I think as long as he knows coming in that he's going to be a backup, then that would be a good sign. I don't think – I think it'll – You've got to start Trevor Lawrence right I disagree. You don't have to. It depends on Ooh, other take. factors. I, I just – Like, you can – like, what's the offseason going to be like? It's my – like, my question. True. So How's he going to – you know? What's well, the, coming cocky and – Sure I don't. I don't, how's I don't. He, and then how's he gonna pick up the playbook? Because Clemson's offensive playbook was—they did a lot of screens, little bubble screens, and they didn't—they didn't run a lot of NFL passing concepts. So it's like, do you think Urban Meyer is gonna go with that NFL passing concept though? Since he, since a lot of his stuff has worked in college, yeah, do you think he's, he's gonna try to bring that college mentality into the NFL locker room as an offense? No. He, got, he got a lot of young players. And he hired too, what? So. He hired a pretty veteran offensive coordinator. But Scott. Yeah, but overall, Urban Myers kind of kind of set his game plan in. Yeah, way. but he's also not stupid enough to uh, to do. Hey, what I'm, hasn't worked. Listen, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, we've never seen a well th- last year Matt Rule with Carolina. Um, we've never seen a dynamic offensive mind. From college, come into the NFL. Saban wasn't really offensive minded. I wouldn't. I wouldn't in, say Urban Meyer is not a dynamic offensive mind though. Not anymore. Like his passing, gotta, his passing concepts are pretty vanilla. It's well, the, the quarter. The thing I, that he introduced was the quarterback I, run. Well, I'm not really talking about the passing concepts in general. I'm just that's talking what you about have to stay with the NFL. The is overall now. offense. It's a lot of five wide speed sets. Get let my speed guys on the outside kind of work against other people bring them in motion, basically moving a lot of guys in the NFL. And you don't really see that in the NFL. It's kind of really black and white. If we go five wide, we're not really running a lot of motion back to this way. Or we're not running uh, jet sweeps this way. Or, you know, there's now a they lot. Are. But we haven't really seen a lot of it I from disagree. the five wide set. Oh, I disagree. Which is what Urban Meyer, I think, brings Can- into it. Can- I mean, Kansas City – did it a lot. Cleveland did it a lot. You have your you have your running back spread out wide, and then you motion him back in the backfield. I'm not talking about running backs. Wait, I'm, I'm saying, talking about receivers. I'm well, talking about they, moving the defense. How many defense. times did Kansas City run jet sweeps with Tyreek Hill? Well, a lot. <laughs> so uh, that, but I'm, I'm saying they've never like it's the, the NFL has changed college, now. The college offensive mindset. It's in the NFL now. I don't think it's. 
It is all the way there, though. Well, I mean, you got the the college offensive mindset is get your best athletes out in space one on one with a defender. I think the only team that that's, we're seeing right now doing that's the that NFL mindset every now. single week is Kansas City. I mean, I think it's more it's more out there than you you think. I think you see a lot. I think you see a couple plays that kind of go, ah, oh, shit. We kind of watched that in college. I kind of see the Browns do that every now and then, but it's not implemented every single week, almost every single play. And I think Kansas City is the only one that kind of brings that mindset every single week, almost every single play. And if you bring in, I disagree. If you bring in Urban Meyer, I think he's going to try to do that. Now I don't. It's going to be hard with the weapons you have in Jacksonville because you don't really have. <laughs> You don't really have a lot to work with. I mean, DJ you got Chark. DJ Chark, and that's about it. Dude can fly, but he's not like, let me bring you in motion to run a jet sweep. Yeah. I don't think he's that type of player. Um, the NFL has gone to a lot of motion. A okay, lot of but what I'm motion. saying is, on those guys, name a player dynamic like Tyreek Hill that does that. What you don't have to. I'm not, I'm not talking about bringing a motion to hand it off. I'm just saying motion in general. So there, because you can you can use it pre-snap, so you can see what defense they're in. Okay, yeah, right. So I agree with that, but I'm saying what team uses their superstar like that every single week? That's what I'm talking about. The college mindset. You want to get you the you want to get <laughs> the ball in his hand every single play. What other team does that besides Kansas City? I mean, that's not a running back. I don't know. See, Kansas City has a ton of weapons, though. They use, but they use Tyreek Hill in so many different ways. Like they're not because he's that. But that's what I'm that's, saying. They use him as a decoy. Saying, they use him as that is what I'm saying. What what other team does that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> every team uses their best player in every different ways we, on offense. Okay, perfect <laughs> like, perfect example. <laughs> perfect example. Ohio State versus Alabama. Devontae Smith. What NFL team uses that where they're lining him up in the slot against the linebacker? They're moving him in motion, and the whole defense goes with him, and we're going to run a play to the other side. The only team that does that is Kansas City with Tyreek Hill. I mean, not really. (laughs) (laughs) What what team? What team wants their best receiver matched up in the slot on the linebacker? All of them. (laughs) Okay, but what I'm saying is what team implements that? What team well, it's does not, it almost every play? It's more. It's not that simple. It is that no, simple. No, it's not. It looked pretty simple when Alabama was dog walking Ohio State. It looked well, pretty simple whenever I text you and said, I told you Devontae Smith's going to have 300 <laughs> yards this week. It looked pretty simple I didn't then. Disagree. Well, you got to take in, like, defense. It's a lot simpler in college. But the NFL is getting to the point where it's so offensive-driven. These These defensive guys are taking a lot of plays off. There's there's been guys that have came out and said that, like we're taking plays off on defense. So yeah, if they're, I mean, if they're really doing that, it's not going to be that hard to match up your guy with a linebacker. It's not going to be that well, hard to move your guy in motion. And okay, if Tyreek Hill's coming across, the whole defense is going there. I don't. I think we give a little bit too much credit to these offensive to these offensive coordinators in the NFL. Some of those dudes are just complete idiots. Kellen Moore. 
elite. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but really, I mean, if you look at it, what offensive coordinator has really been at the top, top of their game? Kansas City. That's uh, it. That's, that's done it for a little bit. A lot of that's Andy Reid, though, too, because he's an offensive coach. Yeah, know? but he kind of brought – but he had to open up his mindset because Benemy was not going to run what Andy Reid was running. If you really look at what Andy Reid ran, it was what Washington's doing. When Alex Smith was there, it, it was the same exact thing. Andy Reid ran a lot of what they're doing, kind of don't – not down the field every – But it wasn't it – was, they did that play. shit before Benemy was the offensive coordinator, though. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm saying Benemy kind of brought in the no, I'm saying college they're, mindset. They're doing that before Benemy got there with Nagy. I went. <laughs> oh, they did that. Yeah. What was that? Two years. Yeah, ever since Mahomes became the quarterback, basically. That man. was only. That's only been three years. Yeah, that was. I what? was talking about when Alex Smith was there. I think that was no, Nagy that was there because how, how long has Nagy been a coach? He's been what, Nagy's been with been Chicago been for three years. Three. Years. three? He was only an offensive coordinator for Kansas City for at most two. I think two. Eight, one or two years, yeah. So but, it really was the last year that Alex Smith started and when Mahomes got there. But when Mahomes gets there, you have to change your offense anyways because yeah, he's different. you can't let Mahomes just go under center and do what Alex Smith was doing. You gotta let him. You gotta. You gotta let him like be Mahomes. Tailor tail your offense to your. Yeah. You know what your I mean. Players. So that's what I'm saying. If you really look at when Andy Reid was really running the show, it wasn't what Kansas City's doing now. It's kind of the Alex Smith way: sit back, read a defense, and if it's not down the field, we're not gonna force it down the field because Alex Smith doesn't have the arm to do that. Well, we're just kind of dink and dunk. Now, don't I'm not taking any way from. Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a great offensive mindset coach. I mean, Andy Reid is very. He was stuck in his older ways until. See, I wouldn't say he kind of got some ways. of these younger guys in there. Because I'd say the Alex Smith offense was different than when he had Donovan McNabb. <clears throat> so I don't really think so. You saw a lot of the same, but Alex Smith wasn't a while ago. Yeah, yeah but I mean, he. I mean, it's McNabb like, didn't. McNabb, his offense McNabb, isn't going to be the McNabb same. McNabb had a cannon. You know, McNabb <laughs> can beat you down could, the field. Yeah, you could. So exactly, it, that's my point. But He's gonna, I think a lot of that was on McNabb. A lot of that was on McNabb kind of doing like uh I just uh, – I mean, we can agree to disagree. I'm fine with that. That's what this is about. You know what I mean? That's I think why you're we're giving, doing this. I don't, think you're, I don't think you're giving Andy Reid enough credit. I just said I, – I, I just said I think Andy Reid is a great offensive coach. But like you said also, you have to adapt to your quarterback. And that's so he, he was kind of adapting to Donovan McNabb, even though it wasn't – if you look at McNabb and Alex Smith, who would you rather have a quarterback? McNabb. He's going to beat you down the field. Yeah. He's going to do a lot more with his arm. He's going to do this. So, yes, he adapted to his quarterback. But at the same time, if you look at Philadelphia's offense and what they were doing with Alex Smith, McNabb was under center a lot. Same play concept, just a deeper route. Can we agree on that? I mean, uh, you may, I mean, under center shotgun. I mean, the whole NFL has gone to a lot more shotgun. A lot more. I mean, the only team that you really see under center almost all the time is Washington. Without when Alex Smith is playing, I don't know why. Uh, no, I think I, they use shotgun quite a bit. They did, but I think that was because they're running backs to give them a little. I mean, Alex Smith was work. a shotgun quarterback in college. So. Urban. Yeah. 
which is what <laughs> I've been trying to say. Urban Meyer bringing the college ones. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I don't. I think it's all like the. I think I think you're. I don't think it's I think that. it's the the mindsets are a lot closer together than they. Twenty used to years be. ago, twenty years ago, it was probably hard to be an NFL offense coordinator because the defenses were so good. You had a lot more that you had to. This year, I mean, now now it's just it's easy, dude. It really is. I, and I'm not taking anything away from them. I don't think I could do what they do. They put their players in the best situations to do what they need to. But with the athletes that you have now, the quarterbacks that you have now, the quarterbacks are running the, the show a lot. You know what I mean? I think we give a lot too much credit. Everyone, all oh, Tom Brady, system quarterback. Oh, yeah, offensive coordinator kind of carrying Brady's ass. We didn't look what happened, bro. It ain't the system. It's the player. You know what I mean? He had a lot of weapons with Tampa Bay, though. He did, but I didn't expect Brady to make a Super Bowl run with Tampa Bay. All they were missing was a quarterback. That defense defense was kind of – We we saw some times where that defense was kind of – It was good. It got – all well, the turnovers got them too. You know? Yeah, they are, but they were. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. They were kind of shaky because they were so young. So you put those guys. Got, probably the best defense now. It's, I would say. They got they got that under their belt. They made the playoff run. Now that defense is going to be effect. good. That defense is going to be good for a long time. But at this point now, um, Brady's got what one or two more years. I mean, we said that five years ago, so it's kind of hard to. <laughs> we'll see. He's. We'll see. But we uh, we will uh, pick this up in a few seconds. At this point, you might want to give it up. <laughs> Back on air. Um, so we spent a little bit of time on that, which was good. A little bit of conversation, a little bit of disagreeing, which is why we're on here. We want. I want every. I want every person on here to give me their what they think. I don't want you to sugarcoat it. Don't agree with me if you don't agree with me. Talk about it. That's we what don't, we, do. we don't need to be agreeable or tranquil. Exactly. Um, so now we're going to still take a step into the NFL. Um, we're going to go our Mount Rushmore's for quarterback, running back, and receiver. And what I mean by Mount Rushmore, you got your top four players ever. Not just playing now, ever. And it's going to be different because – You know, Nate talked about it before we got on here. He's going to put his top four that he's seen play, which is very respectable. You can't go back and be like, oh, this guy, I never see him play. You know what I mean? So I can't, I don't want to put my personal opinion on a guy that I've never seen play. All right. So, Dewey, let's do your quarterback, Mount Rushmore. Quarterback, Mount Rushmore. That top four quarterbacks ever and why. I mean, first, it doesn't have to be in any particular order if you don't want it to be. Yeah, no, no particular order. First name you you're penciling in there is uh, Tom Brady. For Dude, that's obvious, obvious reasons. reasons. Yeah, don't <laughs> we, we don't have that. to. We don't have to go into detail on uh, on that. Um, now it gets a little difficult. Um, number next person on the list, I would go Drew Brees. Ooh, um, just because of this, the insane amount of records he owns. Uh, passing wise, he's yeah, he and is. it wasn't in garbage time either. No, it wasn't. That like dude it, was dicing people up for four quarters, yeah, and that was and he back when the Saints didn't have a defense, 
And now their defense got better and as he he's declined. Marcus, and he made Marcus so. Colston look like Jerry Rice. <laughs> what, what, what did Marcus Colston run? A 4-7? Four, four, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made Marcus uh, Colston look like Jerry. He was Michael Thomas before Michael Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then. Who's your three? Number three is Peyton. Uh, the sheriff. Don't leave my boy <laughs> The off. sheriff. Mount Rushmore. Uh, for obvious reasons, I think we can all agree. Is Dak number four? Is Dak <laughs> number four? He's not even current time. Yeah, <laughs> number four. Maybe four in Cowboy history. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Even I, then, I'm kind of fighting about that. That's a... Mm. top ten. <laughs> yeah. That's, all right, mm, who's your number four? Number four. Man, here's where it's tough. Yeah. Here's where it's real You're tough. You're leaving a lot of guys off. There's a lot of guys. You got Montana. Yeah, Montana. You leaving Rodgers off? Rogers. See, that's hard. I mean, Bradshaw? Nah. <laughs> Fuck Terry. <laughs> yeah. Fuck uh, Terry. Trent Dilfer? Oh, oh no. Oh, so God. Trent Dilfer. We were talking about dude getting carried to a Super Bowl. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Tim Couch. No. 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 <laughs> no. Johnny Manziel? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh, He'd be man. on my partying route, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> this is facts. Yeah. All right, number oh four, man, number four. Man, that's so hard. that's so hard to say. I'm gonna have to go, uh, Joe Montana. Yeah, number four. It's kind of hard. He's just and he and back then he did it for a long time too. So yeah. back how many then, Super Bowls he won? Four, four, yeah. four. So he was the he was the goat before he was the he was the, the Brady before, before Brady, Brady got yeah. there. All right, Nate, who's your four? My four, these are players I've watched. Uh, I got Brady, for obvious reasons. Um, Peyton Manning. Put Big Ben up there so I can throw this fucking coffee mug across the room. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Drew Brees and then uh, Aaron Rodgers. Most talented. You know? Yeah, I mean, you can't, can't, yeah, you can't argue with those yeah. four guys. No. You know what I mean? There's no argument there. Um, mine's kind of been the same. You know, I I want to put Montana up there, but I never really saw Montana play. You know, so it's kind of hard to put him. But, I mean, if we're going most decorated, you have to put Montana up there. Um, Favorite Bradshaw. Yeah. Mm. Um so, Although I think Bradshaw threw more interceptions in his career than touchdowns. Well, and that's the problem. I was, you know, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people look at a lot of people look at Brett Favre. You know what I mean? As like a top guy, but it's like he threw way too many interceptions for me to put him up there. You know what I mean? That was just, not, that, I'm not taking anything away from Favre. That dude was a hell of a quarterback. I mean, did he but, have what three MVPs in his career? It was quite a bit. That dude was a he was a stud for a long time. He just through a lot to the other team. Maybe he had that Jameis Winston effect. 30, that 30. That yeah, he had that LASIK. They didn't have LASIK back then. He just, I think he just thought he could throw the ball through the defenders. He could. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem. He threw so hard he probably could put it through someone. Um, I'm going to go uh, Brady, obviously. Peyton Manning. The quarterback one is kind of boring because it's kind of – you know what I mean? Easy, it's pretty know. easy. Um, There's just so many options. Yeah, I got to put Breeze up there. You know, I'd love to put Troy Aikman up there, but that's not going to happen. And I'd probably have to go Rodgers. 
just from an overall talented standpoint, that dude's done a lot of stuff. Now, you asked me this question last week, Nate. Um, we brought up the GOAT aspect, and I said that Tom Brady is the most decorated GOAT, but not the best overall quarterback that we've ever seen. Talent-wise, no. I put Peyton Manning above Tom Brady when it comes to talent-wise quarterback. Just because of what he did on the field, how he put his team in situations to win. He won a lot of games. He won a lot of games with no defense. You know what I mean? Not taking anything away from Brady, but those teams in New England, they were top top to bottom. He didn't he might have not had the best offenses, but that defense helped him a lot. And Peyton, opposite, had a lot of weapons yeah. on offense and really didn't have outside of top pass, top r- outside of pass rushers. Freeney, Freeney, Robert Mathis. Robert Mathis, and then Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders. He was healthy in. Four games a year. Yeah. Play <laughs> <out there. laughs> so, from an overall quarterback standpoint, I would put Brady, or I would put Peyton Manning above Brady just for that reason. From an overall quarterback mm-hmm. standpoint. But Tom Brady is the GOAT because of how many Super Bowls he's won. All right, Dewey, this is where it gets a little, little this nice. is where it gets a little interesting right here. Um, your Mount Rushmore for running backs. Running backs. All right. So uh, I think gotta go uh Jim Brown. Okay. Um because he was the I mean, he only played what eight years in the league and Tearing still still one of the top stat wise. Yeah. Still at the top. Crazy. Um, then uh, number two, or the next one I think of whenever I think of the best running backs is Barry Sanders. Yep. Again, didn't have a, the longest career, but he was uh, the offense in Detroit there. And I and I was listening to something, and somebody said, could you imagine Barry Sanders with an offensive line? And the dude said no. <laughs> and the, re- the reasoning he gave was great. He said if Barry Sanders would have had an offensive line, we would have never really seen the true Barry Sanders. The Barry Sanders and the highlights that we watch is Barry Sanders shaking nine people <laughs> because their offensive line yeah. is five yards back. That's what made Barry Sanders so great. You know what I mean? Now, would it have been nice for Barry to have an offensive line? Probably. But yeah. <laughs> from a fan aspect, we look at Barry Sanders, and when you think of Barry Sanders, it's, oh, dude shook six people to get to the end zone. If he had an offensive line, he never would have been able to do that. You know what I mean? So from a fan mm-hmm. aspect, it was great for Barry Sanders to not have an offensive line. If you're Barry Sanders, if mm-hmm. you asked him, oh, yeah, please give me that <laughs> offensive give line. Give me the offensive yeah. line. Um, so who's your number three? Next. So you got Jim Brown, Barry Sanders. Who's your number three? Got to go with Emmett, Emmett Smith. Emmett, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's, he's the career he's rushing yards the, leader. He's still the re- still, leader. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Who's your four? Now, this is this, where it gets yeah. – Well, tricky, tricky. Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett. AP. AP. Um, yeah, Frank Gore. Frank, there's a lot of guys. Frank, yeah. There's Frank. a lot of guys up there, man, that you're going to have to leave off. Yeah. Who's your number just for, I mean, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go two guys. Okay. Just because one guy has to be on here just to do the longevity. That's Frank Gore. Absolutely. Okay. Like – as a running back, the dude is playing what twenty years in the league. Yeah, which is like it's re- absolutely ridiculous. The last couple of years, he's been on a decline, but before then, it was still sixteen years in the league, and he's still running the ball very well. 
You think yeah. he'd be playing better if he didn't play for the Jets? I think so. I mean, they're so late in his career, though. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. Right, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, but I, I you know, I respect the hell out of that answer. Yeah. The Adam Gase effect. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, so at four, you got Frank Gore slash. Slash Adrian Peterson. Okay. Top to bottom, I think you, man, it, it's kind of hard. It's hard to because you got, you got really, you could, you could just expand this list to like 10 guys. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Could you imagine AP if he doesn't get hurt? He's a lot closer to that rushing record. I mean, I even like, even after he got gets he's hurt, like three thousand yards off. Yeah, he got hurt, and then he comes back within what seven months off it an ACL a, injury yeah. and runs for over two thousand yards. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Then he had that whole year off when he got uh, yeah, suspended. Trouble. Yeah, so I think he's like three thousand, four thousand yards off of the record. If he doesn't get suspended and he doesn't get hurt, he's probably within a thousand yards. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate, who's your Mount Rushmore for Leader, my of guys I've watched? Okay. Uh, I got uh, AP, okay. Frank Gore, okay. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, yeah, yeah. Um, Who's your four? That dude was like that dude. Ladanian Tomlinson was like creating your guy in Madden. He was. Yeah. Dude, he <laughs> he was, was putting up crazy ass numbers. Who's your fourth? I gotta put in uh, Jerome Bettis. God, bus. <laughs> I mean, the bus. I would I, say. I, you, I, I get yeah. it. I get yeah. it. I mean, I get it from a Steelers standpoint. I would put him in the same realm as Mike Olstad, though. Yeah. That dude was a tank, though. <laughs> he was. Watch his highlights. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> All right. So, for me, uh, in no particular order, um, obviously, Emma Smith's got to be up there. Yes, he had a great offensive line. Yes. But that dude, he was just – he was phenomenal. Um. He stayed so – I mean, he obviously, he was a shorter running back, but he stayed so low to the ground when he ran, you could never get a big hit on him. You know what I mean? So that kind of saved his career a lot. So I think Emmitt Smith is up there. Uh, Barry Sanders is up there for me just because you can never take away what Barry did. Um, Walter Payton is three for me. Um, and then – Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Adrian Peterson, but I got to put LaDainian Tomlinson up there. Just from a – it's hard, man. If I could go LaDainian Tomlinson slash Adrian Peterson, I would do that. But I, mean, LaDain, I, just, I, I feel like Walter Payton has to be up there. Barry Sanders has to be up there. Uh, Walter doesn't have to really be up there. You know what I mean? For some guys. I've kind of done – you know, I've watched a lot – of older guys in my spare time, obviously. Never really watched him on TV. But Walter, he was he was good. Dude. He was a bad man. He was a bad man. You know. So for me, Emmett, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Ladanian Tomlinson slash Adrian Peterson. It's a shame Bo Jackson got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he will be the uh, the, the best ever. Yeah, I don't dual, know dual sport. I don't know stats numbers. Like I don't think he. I mean, no, I, I mean think, like but, just playing two sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Dion. This, this category of the round. Right here <laughs> is where this one gets interesting. 
You're a Mount Rushmore for your receivers. Receivers. Ooh, okay. Somebody, a lot of body. Uh, everybody. Is left off. Somebody, everybody. Okay. Nobody. Get the starter off. All righty. So we going number one is uh, Jerry Rice. Yep. He's the first name that comes to mind. Just. Uh, I think when you think of receiver, Jerry yeah, Rice. Yeah. Yeah, I even have him on mine. Yeah. Jerry. And then I uh, got to go. See, that's where it gets Marvin Harrison. Okay. I got to put him on there. Again, uh, can't argue that. Yeah, he's similar. Like him and Jerry Rice are pretty similar as far as their yeah, skill they played, set. They played, the, they played kind of the same way, yeah. honestly. Oh, man. Now it gets tough. Now it gets real tough. Mm. Randy Moss. Yeah. Got to put him on there. Physically, and one of the best receivers ever. 6'4. Outrun everybody himself. and jump over everybody. Yeah. And then. Oof. See, this is where I'm debating between a couple guys here. How many guys are you debating? Uh, two. Give me the two guys two. you're debating. I am debating between uh, T.O. And uh, Chris Carter. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Chris Carter underrated, man. I don't think mm-hmm. I've never watched Bell. Oh, I've never. And when I was I just, need, I need to watch. When I was just that starting dude, out, he. I'm, this was. I mean, you see the guys when make. When did he play? In the nineties. Nineties. Okay. Yeah. I think eighties. Late late eighties. Early nineties. Okay. Up to like, I think he played up until ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. He, him and Moss were teammates for like. Like two years. years, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That dude was snagging balls out of the air with no gloves. He didn't have the speed. Like he played like Jerry Rice. Yeah. He okay. just caught everything. Yeah, I would. I mean, I'll accept both of those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So they're different. They're different players. Different types yeah, of players. For sure. So. Um. Obviously, Jerry Rice. Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Can't argue that one. He played in Arizona. He just—I think he's still. Wasn't this his last year? I think he's coming back. He's coming back. Again. See, that's why he, I, he I didn't. I didn't. Two hundred receiving yards yeah. this year. That's why I didn't think about him because he's still playing. Dude has more career tackles than he does drop. Yeah, passes. <laughs> that's Isn't ridiculous. That yeah. <laughs> uh, Brady Moss, and then uh, Calvin Johnson. I don't know if I could put Calvin over some of those other guys. Yeah. I he was great. Believe uh, I'm not. Do not take anything away from Calvin Johnson. But I. But you were talking about the guys that you've watched, so I. I, I can. I, I can respect him and T.O. I can respect know? that answer. I can definitely respect that answer because Calvin Johnson was one of the greatest wide receivers of our generation. You know what I mean of us yeah. watching. Yeah. Um. So for me, Jerry Rice. Uh, Randy Moss, I'm going to have to go T.O., and then i got to go Larry Fitzgerald. Just because of the hands of Larry Fitzgerald. You know what I mean? And then you go behind him, you got Chris Carter, Marvin Harris. You know what I mean? Like, so many. There's a lot, man. So many. And people are going to get left on. Going to go to tight ends? Whoo! We can do tight ends real quick. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Nate don't know. (laughs) Nate doesn't know. Nate don't know. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> Nate, you want to do it or you just want me to do it? Do it? I'll just let you guys. Okay, do it. Tied in. Oh, one. Who's four. your four? Okay, four. Ooh, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Oh, Got to put him yeah. up there. Yeah. No? Tony Gonzalez. Um, Antonio Gates. Yeah. No? Um, I got to go uh, Travis Kelsey. Put him Ooh. on a list. Okay. And oh, last one. Just going, trying to think. like there's someone who I'm just not thinking of that should be on this list. Just say what you just say who comes to your mind. Comes to mind. Shannon Sharp comes to mind, but I don't I wouldn't put him up there. I don't think I'd put him I don't think he played long enough. Oh man. Kellen Winslow Sr. He was a one of the first real true tight ends. Okay. So that's your four? Yeah. I'll put Kellen Winslow up okay. there. Okay. So, you had Gonzalez, Gates, Kelsey, and Winslow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Dallas Clark, and Jason Witten. It's hard mm-hmm. to put not put Jason Witten on a You just did it for so long. For mm-hmm. so long. And I'm talking about overall. Everything. Everything. Blocking. Caught the ball, blocked, everything. And he did it for he so stunned. long, and he did not drop a lot of passes. So, yeah, I mean, so even though I'm a Cowboys fan, I think a lot of people, and I don't, I don't know if you were thinking about Witten. He came, he came into my mind, but I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know his. I mean, he's. he's I know broke he's some of Gonzalez's records. Yeah, I know he's he's played for so long. It's just. I was just thinking of more guys who I just thought talent-wise were better. Right. Because he didn't have the, he didn't have the, the most talent. Yeah, but. he didn't have the most talent. He just outworked everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? All dead good old Dallas Clark out there with no gloves. That dude was a stud. <laughs> all right, so now we're going to go into some college basketball. And I'm not going to lie, I've kind of taken the year off from watching college basketball just because it's not really giving me the same atmosphere that I'm used to and I love and the reason that I watch college basketball. You know what I mean? When I watch UNC Duke, I want to see those Dukies jumping up and down at Cameron Indoor. I don't want to see an empty stadium and just kind of – that. I think that's what brings the life to college basketball. I still love college basketball. You know, I just – man, when you take the fans and the crowd out of college basketball, the NBA, you can watch without fans. The fans don't really impact the NBA. I feel like that in most – you don't professional sports. Yeah, know? I mean, you don't feel you don't feel the fans till the playoffs in the NBA. Yeah, and so. that, yeah, I will agree with that. The fans in the NBA playoffs, great. You know what I mean. But during a regular season game, there's a couple moments where the fans can lift you up. But I feel like in college, it's nonstop. You know like, what I mean. You like got the student section. Yeah, you got the student sections. So the only thing I'm going to say, playing. yeah, the only thing I'm going to say, Carolina definitely having an off year. One of my favorite teams. I think they're like fifteen and nine. Um, it could be worse. Them and Duke um, both. They're gonna they're gonna sneak into the tournament though. And then Texas coming out the gates firing, and they've kind of fell off. I don't know if it's coaching, but you know the teams fight with each other on the sideline during the middle of the game. Um, when we hired Shaka Smart, I thought it was going to be a great hire. I think he's really – honestly, I think he's turned our program around. 
still think it's a pretty good um, environment. Yeah, I do, but I don't – with everything that's going on this year, like team fighting in the middle of the game, does that represent what Shaka Smart's doing, or is those just young kids not knowing what to do? When, adver- be, when adversity the hits them, year, yeah, know? when adversity hits them, they don't know how to handle it. So does that reflect on Shaka Smart, or is it just young kids not really thinking in the in the moment? I think it's 50-50. So, and we'll talk some more yeah. Texas coaches whenever whenever we get off of this. Uh, <laughs> Whenever we get off this basketball, because I'm ready to talk <laughs> about Steve Sharkeesian and, and kind of, we'll just go from there. So, uh, Dewey, anything you want to input on college basketball? Uh, kind of how Ohio State's doing this it's year. Been a, it's been an interesting year, just the college basketball. You get all these typical blue blood programs, and like Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, even Kansas, that are struggling. So, it's uh, definitely been an interesting year. Uh, Ohio State, I mean, they're, they're playing uh, they're the best conference in college basketball, the Big Ten, top to bottom. So it's, I mean, you got what, the first, the top, I think six teams could all probably beat each other any given day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I apologize. Uh, I'm going to apologize to you guys for not kind of doing my homework on the college basketball. So here's what I'm going to promise you. Okay. One, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to dive deep into college basketball this next week and see what I need to know. Because whenever it comes March Madness time, we're, we're going to do a whole segment pretty much on March Madness. What we think, uh, we're going to you know go over the brackets. We're going to fill out our own bracket on the show um, and kind of go from there. So, you know. So, I mean, at one point, the Big Ten had, uh, what, three teams were in the top five for the poll, so. Yeah. I feel then like they played, the, then they play each other. So I feel like yeah. usually you have to put the ACC up there. It's but usually, ACC is really top heavy. They always have those bad teams. Oh, and by the way, so uh, Thursday night, Jared was like Jared Brenniger. He was like on your podcast. Can you talk about how fucking Notre Dame should not be a Division One basketball team? <laughs> <laughs> he said, at this point, I feel like we should be in the NAIA. <laughs> but I mean, team knows the good. Yeah, but usually. <laughs> The ACC is up there, but usually they're top-heavy. They still have some really bad teams. Um, the past couple years, I feel like Big Ten, Big, Tw- Big 12 kind of interchange. You know what I mean? The Big 12 and the Big Ten, top to bottom, usually the best basketball yeah. conferences from top to bottom. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about top-heavy. You know what I mean? Because usually that's the ACC – SEC sometimes when Kentucky's yeah. on top. Florida. Yeah, I mean, the, but the Big Ten is always right there and the Big 12 is always right there. But I think when you look at top to bottom, the Big Ten and the Big 12 are always kind of going at each other from top to bottom yeah, for the thanks. best overall conference. And in the last couple, I think the last couple of years, the Big Ten is, they've typically been getting the most teams in the tournament out of any conference. So. But I mean, they've. I think it used to be like the ACC was always thought of as the best basketball conference, and then here yeah, the Big East too. They were the Big then, East when was they stout. Then they split up. Yeah, when the American Big East was in, Yeah, when the Big East was in there, it was stout, boy. Mm-hmm. And that was oh, one. That was one of my favorite. Back tournaments. That was, was one good. of that. Well, that was one of my favorite tournaments to watch. You was the Big East tournament. Because right. you knew 
even if UConn didn't really do much during the season, <laughs> they had every chance to win that Big East tournament every year. When uh, when Kimball Walker was there, Kimball they Walker, made that dude. run. Woo! <laughs> that boy was lighting them up for 50 a night. Uh, he said, I'm putting the team on my back. Right. Uh, Nate, is there anything you want to add to college basketball? I feel like we got to do a little bit more digging because this year has been a really off year for college basketball. And like I said, yeah, but once we get to the tournament, you know, I just, uh, I just feel like for me, man, COVID took a lot out of college basketball for me. You know what I mean? Usually I'm took a lot out of players. Look, I have, I I mean, it's because I I think you had, I didn't didn't even watch the North Carolina Duke game. And I'm a North Carolina fan. I mean, you had the, all you know those preseason I mean? like, just, invitationals, all those preseason tournaments were canceled. It took a lot of the it just it, out of it. It's, all the non-conference. Like, and really, I could come on here and talk all sorts of shit and say, hey, man, I've watched every game. I could bullshit you guys, but I'm not going to lie to you. I have not watched one college basketball game. I've probably watched four or five. And that's it. Like I said, man, it just must be COVID, take a, COVID took a lot out of it for me. Takes all, takes all the atmosphere away. Yeah. It's not as fun. And I just feel like it's watching NBA 2.0. And I don't really w- like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, man. So, like I said, we're going to dive deep this week. We need to put our heads in college basketball and kind of – we need to do some research and kind of do what we need to. That way, whenever March Madness comes, I want to do kind of a whole March Madness segment. Fill out our brackets on here. Um, and kind of see what we need to do because March Madness, that's a big time. I'm a dude. When March Madness comes around, I'm horny all March. <laughs> you know what I mean? This year might be a little different because, like I said, the atmosphere, but damn, son. When I mean, I don't even, it's, even yeah, college basketball, even if you don't like college basketball, 10, fans. even if you don't like college basketball, you practice. watch March Madness. Yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have to. It's yeah. all on TV. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, dude, the there TV. used to be a time when I was 19 to about 23 when the March Madness was on. I took off work. Off work. All those days. <laughs> Paid. Send them to me. I'm sitting at home. I'm watching basketball. So, um, like I said, we apologize on that. Um, Oh, I apologize because I, I need to do some homework on the college basketball standpoint. Um, let's see. We will get to our next topic. Next topic coming up. Here in a few seconds. Welcome back. So, this shit's really been bugging me. Um, <laughs> especially as a Texas fan. And I've I've kind of asked, you know, we we hired Charlie Strong. I liked the hire at first because of what he was coming off of Louisville. And he was a defensive-minded coach. He was coming to the Big 12. And if you have any sort of a good defense in the Big 12, you're going to win a lot of games because there's a lot of damn points put up. But if you can stop those offenses and have just above-average offense, you're going to win. You know what I mean? Because the other team's defenses are god-awful. That's what Iowa State and TCU had done yeah. recently, really. So, I liked it from that aspect. That lasted two years. <laughs> then we bring in Tom Herman. 
liked the hire because of the offensive mindset. <laughs> he was just a shitty person, though. <laughs> Terrible person. <laughs> and I felt like... I didn't realize that either until he got to Texas. Dude, it was bad. Then the Zach Smith stuff came out, and he's like, well, he was at the strip club with Zach Smith but, like, down there on a recruiting trip or whatever. Man, it was <laughs> bad. Well, well, okay. I, honestly, <laughs> I don't know if I could put this on Herman, but I felt like he pushed a lot of recruits away. If you look at Texas draft class, we we haven't really got those. Even when Charlie Strong was there, we were always in the top ten. You just couldn't get that quarterback to work out. Yeah. Really. But Sam, which he didn't develop at all through four years. Kind of he didn't get any. He just kind of flatlined. You know what I mean? And I think his decision, his decision making got better. but Yeah, it. but it was just, man, and I did not like the Tom Beck hire. That offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, that was good. God, that was dumb. That was brutal. I told you, like, when he was at offensive coordinator at Ohio State, I'm like, yeah, we'll get ready for some predictable offensive play calling. Dude, it was bad. Or yard, like, you know, and, it was. It's, and I'm the type. Even this year, I watched Texas. You know what I mean? I gotta watch college football. And it was just, I just, man, it, it was hard to watch. Um, so Tom Herman's out. What was that? Three years. Something like that. He had a winning record. Yeah, he. I, you know, I mean, he never he should. But the pride. So, here's the question I'm going to ask you guys, and then I'm going to kind of feed off this. Do the Texas boosters and the Texas fans have too high of expectations for the University of Texas? I'm going to say that the fans know, because um, the fans. Uh, Fans who want their team to win all like every every place you go. Like, I feel like I'm a huge fan of Texas, but I'm a realist. Yeah, I mean, there, you can be you realistic. I mean? Like you can, but it's it's but the media died helps that along too. Like, oh, is Texas back? Yeah, like they weren't yeah. seven and five. No, they're not. <laughs> but but, but the booster, the issue I see is the boosters. Man, they creates it makes it. I think they they make it harder to win in Texas than it should be. Here's the thing that's kind of getting me. Has Texas ever really been a powerhouse football school? No. They've never, outside of when they had Vince Young, they've always been an underachieving Well, school. let's talk about Cole McCoy, too. Well, that Vince Young yeah. going into Cole McCoy. That, I mean, we were that, in. That was what, six, eight years yeah. with Matt, when Matt Brown was there? Yeah. Matt yeah. Brown. Every other, every other Texas, really, outside of that. We've always had more. We've always had great players. Yeah, and you know seemed to always underachieve. I just, I feel like the expectations of Texas football is just, you can't live up to it because the boosters think that we're a powerhouse. And we've, except like when you said, when we had Vince Young and Colt McCoy, we were never really considered a powerhouse. Now, when Vince Young was there and going into Colt McCoy, you always you had to talk about Texas making a national Top championship four, run. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because Vince Young, that dude was an absolute beast. I'll tell you the best college football game I've ever watched was that national championship with Texas and USC. Hands oh, down, man, man. not even close, nothing comparable. Was that Texas and USC national championship game? All of those players that were on that field, and when you look back and you're like, damn. Yeah, look at all these guys that played in the NFL. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're like, holy cow. Did Vince Young really just beat Matt Leiter 
Reggie Bush, Lindell White. It's like Steve Smith. Good God, dude. And I Vince Young put us on his back and carried us for four quarters to win that game. That was probably hands down the best performance I've ever seen from one player in a national championship. I mean, just USC was scored, he would come right back like he wasn't even faced. He's like, watch this shit. You know what I mean? Dude, it was, oh, man, it was great. But besides those, those years right there, I I feel like we were never a powerhouse. We're definitely not a powerhouse now. You know what I mean? You talk about us in the top 15 maybe, but nothing to where, like, I mean, I had expectations. You thought we were going to have, you know what I mean? When we had Sam Ellinger, we had Colin Johnson, little Jordan Humphrey, um, Devin DuVernay. We had the talent, but it was like Herman never really developed them into what they should have been. You always lose to someone you should beat. Yeah, and it was just like, it felt like to me, Herman was a cocky, arrogant son of a bitch. And I felt like that translated to our team. Like we would just walk in somewhere and expect to expect to win. What have you done to expect to win anything? (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't deserve to walk in here and just expect to fucking win. You know, it's like, why? (laughs) And what really got me and what really kind of some people some people said it made them like Tom Herman, but this really kind of turned me off of Tom Herman. When Drew Locke, when I think we were playing Missouri. I want to say we were – obviously we had to play Missouri, but I think it was Drew Locke. No, they were in the SEC though. That yeah, time. but I think we played them in a bowl game. Mm, maybe. And we wound up winning. But Tom Herman started mocking Drew Locke. Do, we, do you remember that? Yeah, like I was. Drew Locke threw a touchdown, and he looked over to the sideline and was you know, doing all this dance shit. Or what he was doing, yeah. And kind of Tom Herman kind of – people, oh, well, he was just defending the team. and he was, Dude, these are 18 to 21-year-old kids. You're a mid-30s, early 40s, grown-ass man, and you're trying to mock the other team's quarterback back. If the players want to do it, cool. I'm all, I'm all good for that. Right? Would yeah. you ever see Nick Saban try to mock a quarterback? He might give him a middle finger. <laughs> you know, I mean, he might look over and be like, "What have you done?" He'd be like, "I don't but have not, enough. I don't have happened. enough hand. I don't have enough fingers for all the rings I've won." Not happening. So quit asking. Okay. You know what I mean? And that just that 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 really kind of turned me off from Tom Herman was when that happened. You know, and but I will say, when he did that, we came back and won. It kind of hyped the team up. But at the same time, you can hype a team up and not mock another player. You know what I mean? If I'm the coach and somebody's mocking our sideline, I'm not going to sit there and do it back whenever we (laughs) score or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm going to look at my team and go, you see that shit? You should be fired up. And if you're not fired up, get off my field. Because this dude is making you look stupid in the middle of a bowl game. You, I ain't got to sit there and mock and dance with him. Just look over to your sideline. If that doesn't fire you up and that doesn't want you to be here, 
Go somewhere else then. Go locker room. You know what I mean? Go play for someone else. Go play for Texas Tech. Yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> go play for Tech where Mahomes did. Maybe you'll be the next one. Um, but I just feel like the expectations of Texas football is way too high. And I feel like every every coach that gets the opportunity to coach at Texas is under a microscope because you're expected from the boosters, not anyone else, mm-hmm. to go undefeated and make the college playoffs, which really isn't the case. And I think the boosters try to uh, influence like the coach coaching. Like, well, another problem I see where the boosters are coming from from this standpoint. You're the University of Texas. You should be getting big ass name recruits every single year. There's no reason that the number one quarterback that plays in Austin, Texas, should decommit from Texas and go to Ohio State. There's no reason you should lose that guy. That dude plays that dude plays high school football ten minutes from where our facility is, and he's going to play at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, and we had him on the hook. And I felt like Tom Her- Tom Herman kind of turned him off. I felt like that had a little bit to do with Herman. Now it could also be we're not we're not performing the way Texas should perform, so I'm going to go to Ohio State. This like, do you a, want to like? Yeah, and you also this dude's a stud. And also, like, do you would you rather if, would you rather be developed as a quarterback by Tom Herman in Texas or Ryan Day? Right, and and I think the problem is if he just would have stuck out his commitment for this year, right? He's not coming into college this year. He's a 2022 commit. Quentin Ewers. Mm-hmm. Quentin Ewers. 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 Number one quarterback in the nation. Number one, number one ranked prospect in the nation. In the nation. He is the best player in the nation. He picked Ohio State? Well, he committed well, to Texas. Right. And then in the middle of the college football season – he decommits from Texas and commits to Ohio State. I don't blame him. If he waits out the rest of the year, sees that Texas fires Tom Herman, brings in Steve Sarkeesian, he stays. I agree. I, I disagree. I don't. I think it's more. It's not that simple. So you have I to think- understand. Like, you have to understand a couple. First of all, has. Obviously, I'm sure Alabama tried to recruit him as well. So was Sarkeesian trying to recruit him then? And what was the relationship like then? Maybe I don't think it had anything to do with the, I don't. For some of these kids, I don't think it has anything to do with the coach. Oh, it, it does. Especially at quarterback. For some of them. No, but like if, they're, if your ultimate goal is to when get you're to an, the NFL. When you're an Austin, Texas kid, your dream is to play for the University of Texas. Now your dream is to play in the NFL. Now who's going to help you, you get there better? You want to play at the <laughs> University of Texas and then go to the NFL. This kid has nothing to worry about going to the NFL. This kid is going to the NFL no matter where he goes. This kid is that good. I've seen his tape. Mm-hmm. This kid is that good. This I kid agree, but go would you rather would you rather play in a pro more of a pro style? I'm, conference okay. or, I'm not denying, and I'm not saying what you're I, saying I think is it's, wrong. I think you're making it. But as it, no, 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 as a kid growing <laughs> up in Texas, and how long? Yeah, that was. I'm telling you, when you're in Austin, Texas, and he is a Longhorns fan, 
you want to go play for the University of Texas and bring them back. That's what you want to do. I felt like he wanted to do that. If he didn't, he wouldn't have committed there first. And Tom Herman, and the way things were going, turned him off from that. If we bring in someone else, maybe he does. Maybe okay. Let's say he still does go to Ohio State. At that point, it's kind of hard to deny what you're saying. I would have liked to have seen us fire Tom Herman, bring in Steve Sarkeesian, and see if he stays. And then we really would have known, okay, was it Tom Herman or did I really just want to go to Ohio State and play under Ryan Day? We'll never know that. But it's nice to kind of see what that kid was really thinking. You know what I mean? I mean, you guys got – I mean, Sarkeesian got the number two quarterback. so Yeah, it's nothing to frown about. But I'm telling you right now, that kid is an absolute stud. Where do you – Southlake Carroll? I think he plays for Southlake Carroll. Maybe, I don't know. Um, which but he, I mean, he lost in the you know, state, yeah. state championship to the, your current commit. Yeah. Commit, so. I mean, it, dude, I, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? But at that but time, I don't think at that time we had that commit. I don't know. So at that time I was like, oh God, here we go. Major Apple White's coming back for quarterback. <laughs> best name though. <laughs> oh, best name hands down. Best name. Okay. So. From what you saw this year, Steve, I mean, I've he's been around. Sharkeesian has. He's been around. He got in trouble. Was it Washington? Mm-hmm. But he turned that program around. Um, he what do you have? A drinking problem? Yeah. 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 It wasn't a problem. No, it was, it was <laughs> he was just drunk all the yeah. time. <laughs> um yeah, Sammy I mean, gives him like... another chance, comes back to Alabama. How do you think he's gonna translate from the Alabama offense coordinator? To kind of to Texas, I think we I saw think, in that national championship game and kind of all year, the dude has a great offensive mindset. The dude, yeah, he can scheme. He can, can be, and great he's bringing for the, Texas. Well, he's bringing like the a bunch of the offensive coaches for Alabama too yeah. with him. So, I think offensively, I think he'll be fine. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's just with with I don't know. I forget what he did defensive coordinator wise. And stuff. I really hope he didn't keep Chris Ash. I don't know, but I mean, you want to talk about some fucking buddy ball going on? Hey, he was I, when I Texas know. hired Tom Beck and then brought in Ash. I was like, here we go. Hey, Ash went, was a good defensive coordinator at Ohio State. It's not hard. To be fair, he's also co-defensive coordinator yeah. with Luke Fickle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but he was in charge of the secondary, and then then and they're good. So, yeah, but you also had. I think Rutgers just rubbed off on him too too long. But you also had <laughs> great players in the secondary. I'm pretty sure that was the year that you had Lattimore, Conley. Kind of hard not to be good. Apple, Conley. Kind of hard not to be. I don't think Lattimore played much, but. Which is a shame. He was injury injury prone. Yeah, Yeah, but kind of hard not to be good when you have those three (laughs) guys right there. You know what I mean? I could go out there and defensive back coach them. Hey, (laughs) go get the football. All right, coach. (laughs) <laughs> and we're you know, going to play uh, we're going to play man coverage. Right. That's it. Uh how do you feel about Sarkeesian Barrett? I like it. I'm, I think it's kind of hard be, not to give him the job. Yeah. Dude, I think he'll be Ryan screen schemes and everything. He's He'll bring in a lot of recruits too, I think. 
offense. I think on the, I think like I said, offensively recruiting and you'll be fine. Um, I just think it remains from seeing how he recruits defensively. So the problem is with Texas is even this year we had some stud guys on defense. They just couldn't stay healthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean. More so what kind of, I guess, uh, more so defensively, what kind, what of, scheme? kind of scheme. Yeah, what kind of scheme are we It's going? Big 12. You know, you got you got to play like who did we have? defensive backs. Was it Todd Orlando? Orlando? Is that who was our defensive coordinator? Where I used yeah. to cry all the time. Because <laughs> he would blitz all the time. Fourth and 15 against Kansas. This place still resonates <laughs> in my fucking brain. Fourth and 15 against Kansas. <laughs> we zero blitz. <laughs> and they get a first down. Fourth and 15. And we bring a zero coverage blitz. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm sitting there. And <laughs> me and Kendra are watching the game. And it's fourth and 15. And I see... Three linebackers walk up and start chopping their feet, and our free safety come up. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing? Fourth and 15, and we got nine guys rushing the fucking quarterback. And he throws this little five-yard out. Corner misses a tackle, obviously. First fucking down. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, that that sums up our year right there. Fourth and 15, and we zero blitz against Kansas. Don't run a prevent defense. No, no, not that. No, man. We got to make pressure on the quarterback every play. <laughs> not even blow. God, dude. Not even please show them yeah, this. Then back out. God. Rush two guys, please. Oh, man, when he got fired, my dick was hard for three weeks. <laughs> Him and Greg Williams must have spent some time together dude, somewhere. it was so bad, man. I was just like, jeez. This. Um, I see Texas finishing in the top ten this year if they bring it all together. Um, I think they'll be. I think they'll be. I mean, we got we got some athletes, man. They've always had the talent. Like even like Herman, even though he was kind of an asshole, he still recruited well. Still recruited good enough to put you in the I mean, top ten. Texas, it's not hard to just sign twenty guys from Texas and end up in the top ten. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and even if we don't finish in the top 15, I think we'll be right around there. I mean, we did that with Herman. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, I'm not talking college football. I'm not talking about the top four. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, least. no. We, we got to give him at least a couple years to kind of implement what he wants, get his recruits in, and kind of see what fits his system. I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll have those shocking losses anymore with him. Think it'll be no, no. I think he'll he'll prepare the team well enough to where we kind of um, get in and do what we need to do. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be quick though because I know at Washington what he took it over was that like team. A year. He, he took over that team and like, like they I think they didn't win a, they won like three games combined in two years. Next year they're like five and seven, then seven and five, and then nine, ten wins, and then he's yeah. fired because his drinking problem. Yeah. Um, that's Washington, where he, he doesn't get the best recruits. Yeah, it's kind of hard to recruit at Washington. You bring in them Texas high school players. Yeah, I Texas, mean, and that's number one school. Well, that's one, and that's what Dewey was saying. Country. You know, when you talk about getting guys from Texas and Florida and California and Ohio's even up there. I, with, saying, I think Ohio's, you know, Ohio's up there. 
as as far if Ohio, you get your your offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers. You know, your skill position isn't as great, but all the other positions are. Foundation. And, yeah. and, and but and a lot of guys that are under recruited because it's Ohio. Um, that, that's how Michigan State was good, basically just assigning two and three star Ohio guys. Well, and another and another big thing is a lot of these northern teams started going down to Texas and Florida to recruit. You know what I mean? It used to Ohio kind of tried. To, Ohio State tried to kind of stay in the Midwest. They would bring. Well, it was the coaching because yeah, like when Urban, Tressel, yeah. Tressel was there, he was all about Ohio. So he yeah, would sign Midwest, and then when Urban he would go to in, he would go down to Florida and get like receivers. Yeah, and, and it, 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 it was like a couple. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I think when Urban came in, he kind of translated and brought. Uh, we need to go to if we if we want to be. I know to get I, the best player regardless of where they come from. Yeah, and and if you want to be a top. Recruiting class, you have to go down to Texas and grab some guys out of Texas, and you have to go to Florida and grab some guys Florida, out of Florida. Georgia, Georgia, California. California. Like you got to bring guys from everywhere. It can't just be in the Midwest anymore. You know what I mean? In the Midwest, you're gonna grab some stud players. You know what yeah. I mean? Up here too, aren't they? They're too super top heavy. Yeah, it's like you're either five a five guys. star recruit or you're a two star recruit. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and a lot of guys end up being busts. To be honest. Yeah. Quarterbacks, so, especially. Um, I don't know how many five-star quarterback recruits come from Indiana and end up with the busts. All of them, I think. Yeah, I just, um, I got, I'm hoping for high expectations in Texas. That's what I'm really hoping for. Um, I'm hoping we kind of put ourselves back to where we can kind of get in that top twenty-five. I mean, I think the, the every year. in my in my opinion, the Big Twelve was better when it was Texas and Oklahoma. Fighting it out. Yeah. I'd like, you know, seeing Texas and Oklahoma playing that Big 12 championship, that's always nice. That would be great. You know what I mean? You get two Red River Red River rivalry games in one year. You know, no, and, and, and that's the craziest thing about a rivalry. You know what I mean? We were terrible when Charlie Strong was there, but we beat Oklahoma. You know, it was awesome. You know, we're trash, and my brother's an Oklahoma fan, and it's like, ah. Uh, uh, we finished like two and eleven, but we beat you, so it was a great fucking year. <laughs> like that reminds me of when John Cooper was coach of Ohio State. Motherfucker would go ten and two and eleven and one every year, but lose to Michigan. Yeah. Um. So coming off that national championship loss for Ohio State, we kind of saw. Oh, that. Uh, you can't put that game off fields. Oh, no, no. He was hurt. Um, he was, yeah. You could tell he was playing um, hurt. He wasn't 100%. It was great. I am a team. It's just but, unbelievable. But all we heard was, uh, you know, Ohio State's defense is okay. You know, how's it? They got exposed, no. bro. They're, no, but I think Sarkeesian and their game plan, it was kind of like, look, dude, we know Devontae Smith is the best player on the field, and we're going to put him in situations to be great. And when we watched that, when we watched that game, we kind of saw that, where they were putting Devontae Smith in situations that weren't just wide receiver. They were bringing him in the slot when they matched him up against Tough Borland, and we saw Borland turn around and tried to sprint, and Devontae Smith gained 20 yards on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I mean, a couple, that was just the – Or a couple times where Devontae Smith comes in motion, catches the ball out of the backfield, and walks in for an easy touchdown. 
You know, yeah, I mean, it, it was just plays like that. I mean, less looking back, looking back on it, um, due to like the COVID stuff, like Ohio State what had, I think one practice, so it's like that in pads, so they didn't have really have a chance. All the guys that are missing on the defensive line due to the COVID stuff. It's like looking back, like yeah, they didn't have, they didn't ever had a chance. Then you had the, they're so depleted in the secondary. Because you had uh, Akuda and uh, Arnett get drafted, and then you had two guys that were going to be contributors kicked off the team in the offseason. So you're basically, and then you had one of the starting corner towards Achilles against Penn State. So you're you're right there. You're down to two corners, and then your backups are freshmen. And so they had to play these four line. They had to play with four linebackers. And uh, while I told you, while Hilliard, while they're Hilliard is basically an, another safety. Like they got, they couldn't match up. It was pretty obvious. I'm pretty sure I told you whenever I found out Ohio State and Alabama was playing in the national championship, I said if Sean Wade tries to cover Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith will have 300 yards. Well, it didn't, didn't matter it who was, tried to cover him. It wasn't all Wade because like we didn't – Because Wade is – I, I hadn't seen Alabama play enough to really know what they were going to do. But when we came in that, you know, it's like – do we see Wade matched up everywhere Smith goes? Because even though it's sad to say, I think Wade was your best corner at that point. He was, but he's still just a, he's still better best position slot. So it was like, are you going to put your defense in the best situation and have Wade kind of trail Smith wherever he went? And they didn't. And they didn't have the. the they didn't have anyone that they could move him to. Like they couldn't move. Way back to the slot halfway through the season. Yeah, because they didn't have anyone else. Cam Brown got towards Achilles. Yeah. Like he would have been, and he was the, the starter opposite Wade. And but in seven I, I just playing. I just felt like Alabama was prepared and, to, you know what I mean? I mean that that's that was just a top to bottom great team. Probably one of the best Alabama teams we've seen top to bottom. And Mac Jones was just. He, he was unbelievable. Out. Yeah, he, he was unbelievable. Um, so what do you guys feel Ohio State needs to do or kind of where they need to go from here to get back into the national championship game? Well, we'll – on a good route. Everything's we'll – get, We'll get back to that here in a, in a, after this quick break. Awesome. So coming back to it, kind of going to re-ask the question um, – what do you guys think Ohio State needs to do to get back to the national championship game? Hopefully this year is kind of uh, on the track to get back to normal, kind of with the practices and the offseason and yeah. stuff like that. I think that's going to be the biggest key is the spring practice for the defense because uh, Kerry Coombs, who's now the sole defensive coordinator, and they hired him last He's year. Fans. They hired him last year, but he, then like, then uh, the COVID hit and they couldn't practice, so he didn't really have a chance to implement whatever what kind of scheme he wanted to run. So I think he was stuck playing a lot of the, the scheme from the previous year, but they didn't have the personnel to really play that effectively. So I think it'll be interesting to see what changes they make on the, the on scheme wise on defense. But as far as and they have the and just in developing the secondary. So that's going to be the biggest thing. I think thing. that'll be the biggest thing. I think yeah. if Ohio State wants to get back to where they need to go, that secondary needs to be built up a little bit. And I think, it, like you said, it has a lot to do with the spring practices and playing together because that's key, man. 
if I if if I'm playing quarter and I don't know my safety guy is going to have my back on a certain play, that's big. That's key. Because now I got to worry about doing my job and hoping that he does his job. And then when the you way- guys practice a lot together and get on that same page, we're not worried about that. You and know then, what I mean? And how are they going to defend the RPO? Because if you God. if you go back to the uh, the the way that they ran their scheme is that line that so when they did the RPO, the linebacker that they would target is he going to play the run or the pass? Would play the would always play the run. Like his responsibility was the run. So he would always play the run no matter what. So they'd leave that, that slant behind them open all, like all the time. So how are they going to adjust to that? So it's – and the offensively they'll be fine. I mean, you got – offensive line will be fine. They got probably the best two receivers in the country. Um, the talents there are quarterback, you know, how obviously they're young, so they haven't thrown a pass. but So just getting them up to speed, being able – and. They were there a year, so they should know the playbook pretty well. Running back, how are we going to play Stray Sermon? That's that's big. Yeah, team. I, I felt like uh, when you guys played against Northwestern, Trey Sermon carried that team to the championship. Him in the offensive line, yeah. I mean, the offensive he was. It's true that he was getting like eight eight yards, nine yards before he was getting hit, but then he was breaking those tackles, running another twenty yards. Yeah, I mean. Teague, yeah. I like Teague. He's a good. He's a good back. He doesn't have the lateral movement. He doesn't have the vision that Sermon has. And they have. I mean, they have depth there running back. So it's, that one guy they had come in a couple plays. They're pretty good. I forget his name. Me and Williams. Mine Williams, probably, probably freshman. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's a uh, from Cincinnati. He's what five eight, about two thirty. Boy, so, he's a bowling ball. It's yeah. <laughs> like Samaj AP yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's got he's there, he's got more lateral movement than uh, Teague. And yeah. then you, he's got um got the number one running back in the country coming in as a freshman. So we'll see how quickly he gets any playing time. But like Teague is a solid running back. He'll get you, you know, get around the goal line, he's getting touchdowns. Um, he'll get you four or five yards of carry easy. He's just he didn't have that and he's fast. So just he can't move outside of going straight. Right. And he also is coming up. I don't think he, he doesn't catch the ball very well though, or they haven't used him in that manner. So, but he, he's a better he was a better blocker than Sermon I think, pass protection wise. <clears throat> um, is there anything else that you guys kind of want to cover or go going on? Um, I don't think so. The All Star breaks coming up for the NBA. Those lineups came out. And really Mike Conley first All Star selection in his career, which is shocking. mind blowing. Yes, that's shocking. <laughs> um, I wasn't. Devin Booker got snubbed. He actually he was got, he got, well. He came in because somebody got injured. Who I think it was that? Anthony Davis got injured. Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason why he made it, which is shocking. Another one was Sabonis. That, yeah. really shocking. They were talking about Bradley Beal not starting. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude's averaging 33 <laughs> a game for the Wizards. You know how hard that is? They've he's been keeping, on a run now, though. I was going to say, he's keeping them relevant. Yeah, yeah, him uh, and Russ. They're, keeping, yeah. they're keeping them going. Um, 
So I think that's gonna I think that's gonna conclude this week. Uh, lots, you know, we we did some some good topics this week. Kind of uh, next week we're gonna watch out for the NFL cuts because they said there's supposed to be a lot of those coming. Massacre. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what they called it, an NFL yeah. cut massacre. Yeah. Um, we'll be able to talk a little baseball next week with the uh, spring training getting underway. Kind of what we see and kind of where we're gonna go from there. Um, and then, like I said, we're going to try to dive deep into some college basketball and bring that for the, uh, the show next week. Um, other than that, you know, I was excited this week with, you know, the, the cuts, the, you know, guys that were getting released some guys that got signed. Um, hopefully next week we're talking about a big quarterback moving. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. You know, come on. um, Well, Probably not Deshaun, not Deshaun but, but uh, maybe Russ. Maybe Russ. Uh, I don't know. We'll I see. Don't think, I still don't think. I don't think they're going to be too hasty again. Yeah, and then, you know, hopefully Dak doesn't sign a $43 million contract. <laughs> go drown myself. Um, <laughs> but other than that, you know, I think, uh, like I said, just on the lookout for other things, and then we'll be back next week. Uh, Nate will be out of town next weekend so uh it might just be me and dewey or we'll try to find a date that we can kind of all come together and get this done um the week after that we're hoping to get a guest on here we got a couple in mind so that'll be interesting to bring someone else's point of view on here have a little four guy podcast so um other than that i hope you guys enjoyed it uh like our page share the podcast um and I got a little thing going on on our podcast page. I'll tell it now, and then I'll say it on Facebook again. If you go onto our page and you share the link to our podcast, tag me, Dewey, or Nate, or the No Huddle Podcast, I will put you in for a $10 drawing. Give you $10, Cash App, Venmo, anything. So you have to like the page, like the post, share the post, and then tag either me, Dewey, or Nate. And then we'll put you in a little $10 drawing, get you in Cash App, Venmo. I think Dewey's got PayPal. Nate might have PayPal. Uh, We'll figure that out. So that will be going. You have until Monday night, 8 o'clock. Monday night, 8 o'clock. Monday night, 8 o'clock. Timer starts now. Timer starts now. So uh, you guys have a good week. I know we're going to enjoy ours. And we will catch you guys next weekend. Week two, out. Peace. Peace.